That was messed up. <laughs> messed wow. up. Wow. Okay. I'm so sorry for swearing. <laughs> First of many heart attacks I'm going to have this episode. Oh. Oh. Oh my god. It's the KJ alive and well. Oh. Oh my goodness. Jonathan Majors. Thank you. you, God. Same person. I mean, uh, it's, and he has oh, an thank apple. Thank you, God. But I get to keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> Not fired. Ding <laughs> ding. Oh no. <laughs> Doesn't even He's care. Coming. It's not trying to hide anything. <laughs> <laughs> the ego on Kang. The ego. I know. Oh my yes. God! All right, comics accurate suit and everything. Let's get it. Let's get it. Okay. Oh, Hang this it. show. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, so perfect. Oh, chef's kiss indeed. Chef's kiss. Indeed. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars. Loki Episode 6, the season finale, gave us here at New Rockstars an unfamiliar sensation. Vindication! Vindication! Despite the naysayers <laughs> who said that Marvel would never introduce a big bad in a Disney Plus show, despite those who said we must not be understanding the deeper themes of the show if we thought it would be redundant for the man behind the curtain to be another Tom Hiddleston Loki, despite Jonathan Major saying he had no idea what we were talking about, despite <laughs> haters who said that our clue hunting was Mephisto Gate all over again, folks, I am happy to report that the creator of the TVA is he who remains, played by Jonathan Majors, the actor confirmed to be... Kang the Conqueror. Kang! Let's get it! Kang the Conqueror. I'm Winner! so excited. Dude, I'm so freaking hyped, bro. I'm so hyped. Oh, this is so exciting. Though we have to acknowledge this is just one of many Kangs. Mm. Because this talky, talky, talky finale really just gave us more questions. So no time to run victory laps, MT. Wait, Wait a, a damn, damn minute! minute. <laughs> this is Inside Marvel, New Rockstar's Loki After Show. I'm Eric Voss. My Easter egg breakdown of the episode is coming tomorrow. But here right now with me to discuss the finale is MT. How are you feeling, MT? Dude, I am so hyped for this Kang war that's about to go down. World War Kang. It's about to bang, yeah. bro. It's about to bang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fat lady has sang. Yes. This is sung. I forced it. I don't care because I'm excited. Uh, what an insane finale that only really works because Jonathan Majors is so good. Yes. And I know a lot of folks had trouble visualizing what a Kang reveal would look like. And mm. I, I hear you. Like, that is kind of a weird thing to you know, try to imagine of, of the comics, a blue-faced weirdo who takes all these different forms. Uh, right. In the same way that, like, when they announced Agatha Harkness or when someone told me that there would be a Thor movie with Loki in it, I just have trouble seeing this until I see it and you yes. see how great these actors are. Tom Hiddleston, Katherine Hahn, Jonathan Majors, who all, like, played goofy Shakespearean roles in their <laughs> acting school days and maybe beyond and know how to have so much fun as these yes. villainous characters... And go nuts with it, you know? And it's it was just such a delight to see. The episode would not have worked had Jonathan Majors not made some of the choices that he made. 
Oh yeah, he carried that entire episode. Like I, I think like half, if not like uh, more than half of the episode was just in that room of him just yeah. explaining like, here's what's going on, guys. Like there's a bunch of me trying to fuck everything <laughs> up. You know, it's like everything is just terrible. Like it's my fault, but it's sort of not my fault because I fixed it. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's freaking great. And Jonathan Majors I mean, killed it. And like like you said, it. it's a testament to you know the, the casting choice because Jonathan Majors is an amazing choice, but also the costume design. Because oh, I yeah. love that. I think he's wearing that Amortis gear. Yeah. Um, he didn't wear- shy away from it. Yes. And I'm glad they didn't go like the blue face route with um, yeah, me too. this Kang. Because like I feel like they're always giving like the the actors of color like, all right, here's a here's some green paint or a different color paint. So right. it's nice to be like, all right, this is just a black guy in charge. This is cool. <laughs> right. It was so great. And uh, it would have taken away from his performance a little bit. And mm. like with this character, you just want to trust Jonathan Majors to mm. just handle it. And he did. But this doesn't mean this is the only incarnation of of He Who Remains Kang that we'll see. Like he's oh, yeah. such a good, versatile actor. He can play a lot of different forms of this guy, mm. uh, which is what makes it so exciting to see. Now, we're going to talk a lot about him in this episode. Uh, let's quickly just start with what happened this episode. Right. So it begins in this cacophony of audio clips from MCU past. Sounded like real world history as well. You had um, Nelson Mandela clips and Greta Thunberg, but then you also had uh, the "It's Been a Long, Long Time" music from the end of Avengers Endgame. It's all blasting around us until we zoom out. We realize that we are in uh, the orbital time stream, the sacred timeline, which is, as Matthew McConaughey would love, a flat circle that just repeats in a ring. Uh, <laughs> Orbiting the Citadel at the end of time, where Loki and Sylvie encounter, well, at first, terrifyingly Miss Minutes. Yes. <laughs> Yikes. Jesus Christ. That, that is, like, probably the most successful Marvel jump scare ever. They got yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. That was, like, reminding me of, like, Green Goblin in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Oh my <laughs> exactly. Whoa. Um, now, Miss Minutes tells him that it is he who remains, mm. and that he who remains is going to offer them the chance to be plugged back into the sacred timeline together. Reminding me a lot of, like, um, The Matrix, right? Yes, that's, kind of that's like exactly Agent what Smith I thought. Or, or The Architect. And, you know, if you can imagine how off-putting this might have been, just imagine the very dry, monotonous architect scene that turned off a lot of people. I think it's underrated, personally, because I, I kind of love a, a talky scene. But as a 13-year-old, I didn't get that. So, <laughs> But now, as an adult, I'm like, oh, I'm fine with it. She offers them a chance to get plugged back in the sacred timeline together but then they meet he who remains and it's played by jonathan majors who mm. plays it wonderfully as this That's joyous amazing. little scamp <laughs> <laughs> he reveals that he has their whole dialogue pre-scripted he explains that he came from the 31st century where he discovered alternate uh, realities and along with all of his many variants they collaborated on the tech that the tva now uses the time doors tip pads printing sticks reset charges but this led to a multiversal war so miss minutes uh, animation video was actually telling the truth about that it just wasn't the timekeepers who patched together it was he who remains and so this variant created the tba and the timekeepers to prune the warring timelines down to one peaceful sacred timeline in order to prevent his even worse variants from taking over meanwhile mobius returns to the tba and reveals to renslayer that they know that she actually came from a high school in ohio in the year 2018 but then renslayer mysteriously disappears to where we'll talk about that later but he who remains offers loki and sylvie to take over the TVA and run it for themselves, Willy Wonka style. But he admits at one point that he's actually reached the end of his script. He doesn't know what's coming next because he says the threshold has begun. The timeline has already begun to branch. And Loki believes everything he's saying at the end of the day. Sylvie doesn't. Uh, Loki says, let's just think about it for a second. She's not ready to do that. So they fight it out and she kisses him 
but it's really just to say, shut up and get out of this, mm -hmm. and uh, pushes him through a time door, stabs he who remains, but he says, see you soon, and who knows what's coming next? Well, there's panic back at the TVA where Loki finds Mobius, who has no idea who he is, mm. and... Uh, and that the Timekeeper statues have all been replaced by a statue of He Who Remains. And a mid credit singer confirms the second season, which I thought we already knew. But I guess a lot of people are like, oh, my God, confirm. <laughs> That's what I thought, too. I was like, wait a minute. Isn't this news? Like, shouldn't we get something like, I don't know, a different scene? But it was totally fine. Yeah. I, I dug it. <laughs> I'm still happy to see it. Um, so we're going to talk about what just happened, who this version of Kang is, what future versions of Kang are coming. Is this exactly Kang? And what Sylvie just did to the multi versus we look at the titles she like messed it up. Madness. that's what she did she totally she messed it up she totally opened up the can of timelines well the star lord that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> yep absolutely but first these are the last few days that you're going to be able to grab some of our loki inspired merch mm. over at newrockstarsmerch.com as of this weekend a lot of it will be getting pruned from our timeline and not coming yes. back some sizes and styles are already sold out so be sure to grab the new loki gator polo or the brand new loki gator sticker yeah. uh we also have our loki out of time shirt that i love this is my favorite of the ones we've gotten so far. Yes. Uh, we're but also I heard super that a variant yeah. of Kang is coming for it, so you guys better get, get it oh, quick. Oh, he's coming. Nothing can stop that guy. Yep. <laughs> and then we're also super excited to announce a Mobius on a jet ski shirt that we'll be releasing mm. soon. We never got to see it on the show yet, but our favorite timekeeper gets to live his best life out on this cool new shirt. Yes. Um, but also buying the shirt at NewRockstarsMerch.com not only supports new rock stars, but unlocks the ability to write in uh, an additional custom shout out that will appear at the bottom of the screen. First, we got uh, Kristen Morales, who says Gator Loki needs a spinoff. Agreed. Agreed. I think. Major agreed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, him and uh, Richard E. Grant classic Loki just needs to be a Turner and Hooch uh, show. <laughs> and We'd all watch it. It would be co amazing. Cosine. Major cosine yes. there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Lindsay and Steven said, is Kang going to be a Thanos-level big bad? Love what you guys do. Um, yeah, it seems like that is the case. Yeah. But in a very different way than Thanos was, which is exciting. Yes, we're going to get all those Kang variants just popping in. Like, I, I wonder how much we're going to get. I wonder how much that's going to factor into Ant-Man 3. But yeah. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, and then Hannah Kulka says, I love you, manscaping pancakes. Happy fourth anniversary. I don't know what that means. I think it's really funny. And I just want to say manscaping pancakes out loud. So again, get the latest obsession shirt today before it is gone at newrockstarsmerch.com. And the Black Widow inspired latest obsession shirt is only going to be around for a short time as well, along with that red ledger journal, newrockstarsmerch.com. All right, MT, what's our uh, big question coming out of this finale? Well, first question of the day and the most major question I feel is, wait a damn minute. What just happened? Which version of Kang did Sylvie kill? And what impact does this have on the MCU multiverse? Yes. Okay, so first thing first. To be clear, the name Kang was never actually spoken this yes. episode. I feel like they have purposely avoided it for some reason. Like, just yeah. say it. <laughs> just say it. Say the name. <laughs> say the name, Bart. <laughs> <laughs> Kang. Yay! <laughs> but He Who Remains is a name given to that elderly final TVA agent who built the Timekeepers in the comics. But here the show is suggesting it's just another moniker of the character named Kang the Conqueror uh, and that this person just goes by many names. Now, Jonathan Majors was confirmed to play Kang in Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania, which is coming February 17th, 2023. The guy is dressed just like Kang slash Immortus. He said he was born in the 31st century just like Nathaniel Richards' Kang is in the comics. He called calls himself a conqueror. So that plus all the other clues we've pointed out over the past two months 
quick refresher on Kang, in case you're just joining us. He's one of the longtime Avengers villains from the comics, and he goes by the names Kang or Amortis, Pharaoh Ramatut. Uh, Nathaniel Richards, several others. He was born in the 31st century as Nathaniel Richards, a descendant of Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four. And he's just known as the master of time travel of Marvel. He collects trophies in his kingdom called Chronopolis. He uh, respawns again and again as these infinite variants, and it's known as the Council of Kangs or the Kang Dynasty. And uh, he has his alternate younger self who learns of his future as Kang and instead becomes Iron Lad, founder of the Young Avengers. Now, the version of the character that we meet in this episode might be the most benevolent Kang, like the goodest good guy version of Kang we might meet. Because despite his giddy apathy, he did create the TVA to maintain order and prevent all these worst Kangs from warring with each other. So by killing him, Sylvie unleashed those worst Kangs, presumably all of which will be played by Jonathan Majors in several different (laughs) MCU titles, just the first of whom uh, appears as this TVA statue in the final shot. So uh, as as fun as it was to see Jonathan Majors play this version of Kang, that Kang is just kind of like, you know, emotionally removed and just kind of uh, gone stir crazy from his isolation. There are plenty of other versions of this character that might be more um, uh, violent, more aggressive, um, more cruel, you know? I mean, as we've seen in The Void, like, with all those Lokis, with President Loki, like, there's different versions of people that are probably way worse than you are. So, like, we got the best version of Kang in this episode, which is kind of (laughs) crazy. So, in this final shot, where, what version of the TVA is Loki in? Well, he returned to clearly a different TVA than it was before. Mm. Uh, One in which Kang doesn't use Timekeeper puppets, he just proud rules over it himself with his own <laughs> enshrining statue and you know tragically mobius and b15 don't recognize loki not even like the god of mischief from his infamous past they have no idea who this person is which is really weird and they say there are like over 63 branches forming kang apparently wants them to keep growing but what's kind of scary about this being a different tva is the tva was previously considered neutral ground like separate mm. from the sacred timeline separate from the branches and now it appears that it has been conquered already by a new Kang and tells us that it is part of the growing multiverse. Or this could have been like, you know, using our rules of time travel logic here at New Rockstars, this could be like a type one back to the future style approach to time travel and that like now the timeline that he returns to has been warped in some way personally i think it is an alternate reality tva that loki has been transported it seems that way because they because of the statues mainly because like you know it's just a different version of that and so like yeah, yeah i feel like that's probably just a different completely different tva that was remade probably i don't know with um the death of kang if that was like triggered it or like i don't know but because the universe is just like branching off. It's like probably just triggered a completely new TVA. And and it's very weird because it means that like TVAs are specific to a, maybe that one was specific to He Who Remains Sacred Timeline, but we could have infinite numbers of TVAs that are specific to all these other new timelines. Even the TVAs themselves are not neutral ground. It's not a home base. So everything is chaotic. Um but the exciting thing is, we are officially in a Marvel multiverse. I mean, we already Ooh, were, but we now we get it. to see it, and it's exciting. Uh, yes. That ring of time that orbited the Citadel represented the whole universe that we've known, and now that it's splintering off into branches, and that those branches are into tinier branches, and those branches intersect, and it looks like heat lining, but like blood capillaries, it's so cool. I Things 
are about to get weird. Now, we're going to have a Loki season two that explores this further, uh, in which Kang will probably be the villain. And that's, I'm thinking, the lead right into Quantumania. So I think maybe Loki season two could be late 2022 or early 2023, maybe the month of January in 2023. It I just hope leads so. right into it. Um, ideally would be sooner, but I know they ideally have a lot next on their week, schedule. Eric. Ideally next right. week, Eric. <laughs> ideally a seventh episode. Right. Um, but uh, we, the next thing on the calendar is the animated series What If, which mm. is going to be exploring some interesting hypotheticals overseen by Uatu the Watcher. Titles like Shang-Chi, Hawkeye, Eternals, Miss Marvel might not be as affected by the multiverse, but obviously Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Spider-Man No Way Home, Ant-Man in the Wasp Mania. these all obviously will. And Kang for sure is going to be in Quantumania, but he might cameo or get referenced in all of those. Yes, especially What If. Like, don't sleep on What If, everybody, yeah. because it is a Marvel Studios multiverse story so because yeah. we just got this information about all these kangs we could see some kang variants show up in what if so don't sleep on that show for sure um now the audio in the beginning of this episode i'm gonna break it down second by second mm. to pull everything i can got, get from it but it contained clips from other movies it might have contained some audio from other franchises i don't know yet i need to go back mm. and listen to it but I might have heard something from another superhero movie franchise that was non-MCU. And if that's the case, this could be how we get the Fox X-Men and Deadpool and Fantastic Four and these other characters that used to be other IP. Oh, yeah. This the, could be the logic of that. This is definitely the opening that, with especially with the boner effect. Especially with uh, Michael Waldron's response when uh, I interviewed him, like with the whole boner effect variant thing. It's just like... Uh-huh. I, yeah, this is definitely going to open up the door for the Fox X-Men and Deadpool to, to come into the MCU. So we'll, yeah. we'll have to wait for that. I want to talk about the specific upcoming uh, titles one by one with you, MT. First, mm-hmm. I want to talk about WandaVision's final scene. Because when mm-hmm. Wanda heard the voices of her children, that could have been the precise moment that Sylvie broke the timeline. Mm-hmm. Which could have been what allowed Wanda to hear an alternate reality where her children were still alive. This is true, because, like, that was a major moment, like, of, of the timeline splitting. It's just like, yeah, this is Sylvie's fault. Like, that's probably the exact moment where the multiverse was like, hey, we're alive. Mom, I'm over here, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm over here. It's fine. Uh, multiverse is free. So, yeah, yeah that, that's a really good observation. I like that. <laughs> and you talked about what if, like, showing alternate Kang variants. I wonder how worried Uatu the Watcher will be about Kang. Like, is that going to be kind of in the background of each of his uh, setups, like... And when the timeline broke this way, uh, <laughs> Captain Britain, uh, Peggy Carter, was uh, the super soldier instead of Cap. Or Loki like, was able to win and take over the UN. It's like, over here is Spider-Man as Doctor Strange, but over here, Kang is, continues to f*** shit up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like watching him on the side. Just another browser, yeah. the Kang browser. It's like, hmm. <laughs> But, like, as you pointed out in your trailer breakdown for What If, MT, that I thought was brilliant, like, these don't have to be anthology stories that are not connected at all. I think Mm. these are all going to be within the context of what we just saw on Loki, meaning that, like, these events in What If are going to set up future plot points in the MCU, specifically in Multiverse of Madness, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm. So, uh, my mind went here, right? And I'm wondering, I don't think Kang is going to be the villain of Multiverse of Madness, but I think the way the universe is broken 
is going to be the same way Loki left it, right? So I think Kang is going to be kind of in the background of all that. Like he might show up as a cameo or he might get referenced by Wong as they're pacing through the Sanctum Sanctorum or something like that. Mm. Um, but I think specifically the way it is broken now is the way in which Doctor Strange will have to fix it. Oh yeah, I don't think that Kang will be much of a factor like you said in Multiverse of Madness, but like he'll definitely be referenced as the person that sort of you know, as, as a major factor to why everything's sort of happening the way it is, it's Dr. Strange is like, you know what, whatever, it is what it is, I'm the doctor, I heal things, we'll figure it out later. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like, it'll probably be like a multiversal entity as the villain, um, like a Shuma Gorath or um, maybe a Dormammu, it's not gonna be Dormammu, but it's probably gonna be Shuma, but yeah, Sh- anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Shuma Gorath or, or just Wanda Maximoff, right, the Scarlet yes. Witch, could be just an antagonist force. Uh, and that could be like if, if we do connect what we just saw in Loki to what we saw in that WandaVision post credit mm-hmm. scene, all these things could be connected and go all the way to the top. I really hope that they actually make Wanda the actual villain of Multiverse of Madness because that would be a very yeah. bold decision to see a hero yeah. as the villain. Um, Let's I do mean, it. after Civil War anyway, because Tony Stark was the villain in that one. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, now a lot of people are buzzing about spider-man no way home that maybe the Mm. reason sony has delayed releasing a trailer for it is because they're waiting for loki to end i'm not so sure that is the reason why we haven't seen a no way home trailer yet it might just Mm. be like sony's like we don't we're not ready people are gonna go see this movie anyway Mm. we don't want them to already start to guess plot points like six months out Mm. um but uh, to me, either way, we already have plenty of evidence that No Way Home is going to be a somewhat multiversal story with the fact that they have Alfred Molina, Doc Ock, and that they have Jamie Foxx Electro showing up in there and that Doctor Strange is going to be in the plot. Something tells me that the multiverse will be behind a lot of this. But to me, this isn't any more or less confirmation about like Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield or anything like that. Yeah, so in regards to the the Spider-Man trailer, I have a weird feeling that Sony might release one very soon. I don't let because like I'm thinking back to the uh, the End Game and the uh, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, and I feel like Sony was really quick to release it, sort of after um, End Game sort of came out, and it's like, all right, you guys saw End Game. Now here's a spoiler. <laughs> here's a Tony Stark is dead spoiler and all this stuff. So like, I think that there might be waiting. It's like, all right, people get. Multiverse of Madness, they get it's coming. So now here it is. I don't know. But like, that's just me. I'm trying to remember. (laughs) You are right in that Sony did coordinate its releases of marketing for Far From Home with what Marvel was doing with Endgame. But the first Mm -hmm. Far From Home trailer we got was like the December before that summer. But it was Mm -hmm. right after the first Endgame trailer. So, like, we got that, and then, like, a week or two later, we got a Far From Home trailer. So, like, they started to give us information about Endgame, and then, uh, and then, like, I don't think we knew that, we saw, did we see memorials for Stark? Yeah, we didn't see the memorials for Stark until after Endgame came out, Yeah, that's what sort of the trailer I was talking about, that mural trailer. It's just like, I feel like they just were waiting to release it, they wanted to release it, but they were like, all right, we have to wait for Endgame, wait for that crucial piece of MCU lore to come out, and then we'll release it, because we're Sony, we really want to have our Spider-Man thing pop off while the thing is hot, while, uh, you know, Marvel's hot. So I think this might be the point. It might be the point, and I hope it's the case. I hope we get one tomorrow. Um, It would make this week uh, a really exciting (laughs) week for us. Lots of work to do, but uh, work we would love to do. Um, Now, the only one of these titles that is confirmed to feature Kang, again, is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Mm. Uh, And the joke I've seen going around is that, like, 
how the hell is Scott Lang going to handle this? <laughs> <laughs> Which, agreed. Exactly. Agreed. I mean, but I, well, yeah. yeah I, Scott Lang is a, he's a loose cannon. He's a crazy dude. And like, he pulled off the entire time high. So we can't that's count right. Scott out. <laughs> you can't count him out. Uh, and I think this just tells us that for sure, this is going to be uh, in that quantum realm city, which I think really is mm. going to be Chronopolis, which is Kang's yeah, kingdom. It's looking more and more like it. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to <laughs> podcasts on. Yeah, podcast, your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. And I think Scott's going to encounter one version of Kang. And kind of like how he did in Endgame, he's going to learn one piece of the Kang puzzle. But I don't think Kang will be thwarted or defeated just because there are so many infinite versions of him. It's going to take a, a multi-hero crossover event in order yes. to truly deal with the Kang threat. That's what makes him such an exciting villain. In some ways, even more so than Thanos. Mm. Uh, because like Thanos is kind of terrifying in many ways. But Kang is like, first off, we don't have to reconceptualize the actor in a bigger purpler form. You just <laughs> get to let Jonathan Majors do his thing, with yes. I, which I think was really, again, the, the wise choice. Though we could see Scott trying to ta tackle all of these Kangs because like the title is called Quantum Mania. So like uh -huh. the mania part of it could just be like, we got to catch all these Kangs. It's Kang's, it's Kang City. We got to find all these Kangs and like, they're just like hunting different versions of Kang. That'd be a fun little mate quantum mania thing. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm, I've been trying to figure out what the word quantum mania means. At some point I theorize that that is just the name of the city, that they're not going to call it Chronopolis. It's going to be called quantum mania. And that's just where it's set, you know? Um, but I, it's also obviously a play on the fact that they just put quantum in front of everything. So yes. I bet like the word quantum is going to be a suffix for like half the script. I, I really hope that, like, I have this weird, like, wild theory that's probably not going to be true, that, like, after Endgame, Scott's just like, I don't want to be Ant-Man anymore because I saved the universe. I want to be sure. Quantum Man. So, like, it's <laughs> Quantum Mania, like, because Quantum Man's in Quantum Yeah, 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 Mania. Quantum anyway, Man. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> that has to be a joke in there, for sure. Please. <laughs> All right, lots more questions to get to. But this summer, get the most out of your travels abroad by learning the language of your destination with Babbel, the number one selling language learning app. Order from restaurants or chat with the locals like a pro. Babbel makes the whole process of learning a new language addictively fun and easy. And yes, thank you to Babbel for sponsoring this episode. Offscreen producer Zach is trying to pick up some Italian ahead of an upcoming trip so that you can order all the best pasta. And he loves how easy Babbel makes the learning experience. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. 
Babbel designs their courses with practical, real-world conversations in mind. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. Choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel, but you can access podcasts, games, video stories, and even live classes. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code MARVEL. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com code MARVEL for an extra three months free. We also want to thank Upstart for sponsoring this episode. So if you dread looking at your credit card statement every month, Upstart can help lift that weight off your shoulders. Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income, your employment history. That means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com marvel. That's upstart.com marvel. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com marvel. All right, back to the episode. Empty. Wait a damn minute. What were those other trailer shots that we never saw in the show, including Loki as King of Asgard, the other shot where he said glorious at the top of stark tower why did they leave those out was there a was there a reason yeah i was waiting for those because like this was the last episode so i was like oh man we're probably gonna get that little uh dope little flashback sequence or maybe loki's gonna be transported to that timeline where right um maybe he he won the battle of new york i think that those scenes were probably going to happen during that miss minutes uh yeah. little sequence there because she promises them like hey like we can give you whatever you want and i was like oh this so it's gonna happen now it's gonna happen now it never happened so i was like they probably cut it for just to make the whole sequence flow because they just hopped into that uh that palace and like it was super atmospheric and like they probably didn't want to like wreck that atmosphere because like we, we were about to get that king reveal seconds later but what do you what do you think happened yeah i think you're right i think that was part of what uh miss minutes was offering them like that initial first offer of like you can get plugged back in the timeline everything you always wanted and i think that was the throne that sylvia was referring to claim your throne because i kept thinking like what throne is she talking about exactly mm. uh, like kang's chair it's a nice chair it's not a throne though it's like a, <laughs> it's an office chair you can get one of those it's pretty at good I, pretty I, I think, yeah i think it, i saw that at ikea it's a pretty ergonomically cool. designed um yes. but not a throne but um maybe she's like you'll get your throne as if like you can finally take a shit because this whole episode this whole series <laughs> the guy is not just shit been holding it in <laughs> they just don't even have when miss minutes TVA. maybe maybe a little bit came out when miss minutes popped up other than that no throne for <laughs> no throne for loki i um, mean like some came out of me i'll let you know that right yeah. now you know i had to change but it's possible that um, maybe this was like an offer that when they met, he who remains, he made good on it and did actually show them um, mm. what might have been. Uh, but either way, I think those that was going to be like the first offer on the table. Um, yeah. Just kind of a temptation that uh, Loki and Sylvie declined. They're tempting demons. It's, yeah. I, I think it'd be really cool to see loki break through that just be like i don't want this i got my girl right here but like it's mm -hmm. okay i think that it was, it was probably a wiser decision just to let yeah. that scene flow because i like the way yeah. it panned out wait a damn minute where did Renslayer go and what do you think she learned from those files that miss minutes and he who remains gave her yeah that whole Renslayer thing i was like what 
Like, you just like, all right, see you later for season two. I'm just going to pack up my things and I'll see you later. It's just like, <laughs> all right, I guess. Uh, and like, they tease us with the whole teacher thing, which is like uh-huh. super cool. Um, I, I really hope that that's something comes out of there. I, I, I'm wondering, because like we do see Hunter B-15 in that classroom and being like, hey, check this out. This is what's going on. This is what the TVA is lying to you about. And but then we see like a different version of B-15 and Mo- Mobius at the end of the series. So like like we were talking about earlier, these have to be two different um, variants or two different right. um, TVAs going on at the same time. Because I don't think they would leave us hanging with that uh, Red Slayer like in the classroom bit. Because like the, those two, um, that the group of Mobius and and, um, and B-15, those they, they have to exist. So like they're, right. they're probably existing on two different timelines there well yeah and i think this is why it's so weird is normally when variants all everyone who works at the tv is a variant and whatever timeline they timeline they were on was pruned so this means that they're visiting the either the sacred timeline version of renslayer or that the renslayer scene is a variant but like rather than her other self being pruned that i guess not all of them be pruned. it's only when yourself steps off of your path and then you get pruned and there's still some sacred timeline version of yourself that moves forward that's the version they met in that that school office, which it sounded like she might have been the principal of that school, because she said, "What are you doing yeah. in my school?" Uh, yeah. Which, like, I don't know. Some teachers have a pretty big ego. To say this is my school, <laughs> um, but they got to have tenure. Uh, she's pretty young to have tenure, I would say. Um, yeah. What I thought was weird, MT, is she had an Ohio State University diploma on the background there, and I pegged her for a Michigan girl. But no, I'm just kidding. I think <laughs> the name on it was not Ravona Renslayer. It was Rebecca Torminant. Which was really weird. I maybe it wasn't her office, and she really was a crazy person. Get out of my school! <laughs> um, no, I think she has a different identity, mm. and that she was abducted by Kang and kind of given this new futuristic identity uh, in in the thirty first century or something like that. No, I dub the Ravona Princess Ravona Renslayer. She's like, that's not my name, but okay. Um, <laughs> and her memory was wiped or something like that. Yeah, I think what was she was told is that she is not Renslayer. That's not her name. Though the way the teacher reacted was like when they said Judge Renslayer, like they wrote it just in a specific way where she goes, the hell are you talking about? Um, (laughs) Was she saying the hell are you talking about to the fact that he called her Judge or the fact that he called her Renslayer? I think she probably has no idea what those words even are. (laughs) It's like, who's Judge Renslayer? What the heck's going on here? So I think what we learned is that she uh, realized that uh like i don't think she knew until she read those files exactly who was behind it but she probably had some awakening moment where she has some kind of uh need to protect he remains kang that mm-hmm. he could be related to her or romantically involved with her uh although if if she was aware of this romantic involvement then she would not want to protect him, you know, or, or she would not um, be as confused as she's been. And mm. if it were an unconsenting romantic relationship, I don't think she would still be so protective of him afterwards. So mm. I don't think it's necessarily that nature, but I think it is possible that he is a descendant of hers. He could be her son or something like that. I never really thought about that. That would be wild. But, like, what I'm thinking here is maybe, like, we, we could just see the beginnings of that Renslayer-Kang um, relationship. Because now we have Renslayer basically, like, I don't know, sort of, I don't know if she's on the run, but she's looking for answers. And mm-hmm. she's like, I really like, I really want something to believe in. And then in here swoops in evil Kang, like, oh, hello, Renslayer. What's going on? You're looking for answers? Well, follow me. I mean, I've got a, I've a I'm a conqueror. And that, that's, I feel like that's when we'll, we'll see that, um, that dynamic really yeah. flourish. But... 
uh, uh, with, with Kang being a, a direct descendant of Renslayer, that would be a major twist. Yeah, that I, would I might have be not reaching. Considered. I might be reaching there because I really do think they're bringing him in to be a descendant of uh, of you know Fantastic Four of um, of oh, Reed God. Richards. But that's you know she could also be related to that bloodline as well. She could have married in. She's not Sue Storm, is what I'm saying. But I yeah, don't know. What if we get uh, like a uh, a variant of Renslayer as Sue Storm? Because that could be possible. We could get a whole variant. I mean, team of at this point, Four. anything is possible. <laughs> But I think that um, where she went, I think she went to another reality to find that version of Kang the Conqueror and that Mm. that's where we are at the end of the show is that she Mm. kind of allowed him to like said, hey, this is what's going on in the other reality. That dude's about to die. So here's your chance. And then some eviler version of Kang was like, all right, let's do this. Tinker, 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 tinker. (laughs) And then took over the TVA and then uh, put her in charge of it. Um, again, Bro, like I kind of wish we got something like that as the post credit scene because, like, because yeah. we did get leave, we, we did get left hanging with the whole Renslayer thing. For so sure, that would have been perfect. It was like, oh, hey, King, nice to meet yeah. you, type of deal. Well, here's a question, probably to mm-hmm. me one of the most fascinating questions. Wait a damn minute, why was there a fourth broken Timekeeper statue in the city? Yes, bro, that's exactly what I, when I saw that I was like, oh shit, are we going? That like the fourth mysterious timekeeper because in the comics there is a timekeeper that was like thrown away, like that was like uh-huh. sort of like, exiled. So I was like, oh shit, is this who it is? And then we got Kang. I was like, oh no, this is way better. Like forget that thing. But yeah, that that is very interesting. Why there was a fourth one? So this makes me think that maybe in a previous in like a previous cycle of the TVA there were four timekeepers, and then like in this cycle there was only three, just to uh-huh. make things easier. I don't know, but that was really. What, what do you think is the secret behind that? Um, I think you're onto something with this idea of being a fourth timekeeper, one who got away. The fact that it's broken uh, makes me believe that there was like one either that um, Kang could not control uh, or that it is possible that this existed before Kang and that he took it over. Uh, I also had that theory that Kang could have been a timekeeper himself uh, and that was his origin story. I, I think he is telling the truth about being born in the 31st century and having that whole experimental phase. Um, but I think like that fourth timekeeper could have been like Renslayer or something like that. Like he originally Mm. modeled the timekeeper, the fourth timekeeper on her. Uh, Mm. and then that one rebelled and that's the one he fell in love with. Uh, and then, and then Mm. out of heartbreak, he shattered it because he was rebuffed. Oh, I do like that. That's, that's a really fun theory. Like, I don't want to have to look at like tearing down your posters (laughs) of a, of a movie star who, um, Tweeted you back something mean. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Damn you, JGL. <laughs> I don't know why I chose JGL. It's the first one that pops to The Rock mind. didn't like my tweets. <laughs> it's like, damn you, Rock statue, Rock. <laughs> no. um, um, yeah, I mean, even a Rock statue, you wouldn't be able to pull down. The rock. Yeah, it's just it's just that cut, you know. It's that cut. It's that cut. <laughs> um, well, we have one more sponsor we want to thank, Magic Spoon. Thank you to Magic mm. Spoons for sponsoring this episode. Lots of us are trying to eat better. Healthy breakfast doesn't have to be boring, though. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but without all the bad stuff in it. Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. There's only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Order yourself a variety pack that comes with four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, 
and peanut butter. Get wild and mix up some cocoa and peanut butter flavors in the same bowl. It tastes like a peanut butter cup. Go to magicspoon.com slash Marvel to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code Marvel at checkout to save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Marvel and use the code Marvel to save $5 off. Thank you to Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode. All right, MT, wait a damn minute. Why do you think Kang seemed to target Lokis in particular? That is a really, really great question because that doesn't really get answered like in this series. Not really. Um, I think the answer probably has to do with the fact that Lokis are these chaotic elements within the cosmos of the Marvel multiverse. Yeah. And so like, you know, they're just troublemakers. So like if you're trying to tell a specific story, you want to get the troublemakers out of the way. So it's just like, all right, I want to be in charge. So like you guys are all just going to go into this different like separate reality or timeline or whatever the void is. And you guys are just going to be managed while I manage the timeline. So I feel like it, it, it's probably has to do with that whole chaos and order type deal. But like, what, what do you think is the reason for that? I mean, it does seem like there's some Willy Wonka logic here, right? He did kind of run uh, a big uh, search for a possible successor, right? That's and right. I think That's he right. found finally two Lokis who work together who are mm. so able to transcend the confines of what he wants for the sacred timeline that that mm. tells him that they, like him, are Nexus beings. So I think he saw throughout all of his searching, he kind of just said, this is the way it's meant to be. And it's mm. like, I've lived a million lifetimes, just trust me on this. <laughs> and so I wrote it this way just because it's the way I wanted to write it. Mm. Um, but I think he did write it that way because like he sees like kind of a, uh, a mono timeline view of all of reality. Um, mm. And his ability to change things does make him, I think, a nexus being. Uh, they didn't call him that this episode, but... I think he sees Loki's as having as much potential as he did to have control over it. Uh, so I think that's why. I think Loki's have an, an innate ability when they link together in the right way to be Nexus beings. Uh, and that maybe he did consider someone like Wanda Maximoff. But with Loki, there's something about like getting, uh, there's something about Loki's pride. You know, if you can appeal to a Loki's pride, or their narcissism, you might be able to win them over. Uh, and that way, Loki is similar to Kang, whereas Wanda is just on her own path. Like, she's more empathetic, I would say, uh, yeah. to her children. And the what made Loki uh, diverge from Kang's plans is in that moment he turns to Sylvie and says, I just want you to be okay. Which, mm. such a well-performed line by Tom Hiddleston. Yes. And it's heartbreaking that it didn't work on Sylvie. Maybe it did on right. some level. Maybe she was emotionally affected because she was crying after she killed Kang. Uh, yeah. I think she was left with that, but was enough to stop her from killing him. And yeah. I think that was a huge moment of growth for Loki. It's like she said at the very beginning, her first words to him were, it's not about you. And finally, mm. he was able to prove that, that he understands not about him. He just wants someone he loves to be okay. And that's true love. If you can just like, let go yourself. Seriously, like that was such a great moment. And like you said, like seeing that, that transition from like Battle of New York Loki to the Loki that's just like, it, like, I just want you to be okay. What a freaky character development journey. <laughs> like, holy smokes. Yeah. Like, that, that that was only a couple of days for Loki, honestly. It's just like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, not that really long. Weird. People can change. <laughs> but for us, it's like, you know, this like sort of like this decade journey of like yeah. who Loki is as a character. And it is, for him, it's like, oh my God, last week I was like super evil, killed a bunch of humans. And now this <laughs> week I'm, I have a girlfriend? I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> 
I do, uh, yeah, the, the whole Nexus uh, being idea. Yeah, Lokis are pretty powerful, as we can we see on the, we saw on the last episode, episode five. They're a lot more powerful than they think. So, like, yeah, Kang was probably he was definitely doing a Willy Wonka type thing. Is like, hey, these two, these two could do it. They could probably uh, take my job because uh, this shit sucks. Well, one final question, MT. Wait a damn minute. What will season two look like? Like, where could we see Kang next? And what do you think will be Kang's endgame event in the MCU future that we're going to be working towards? I mean, season two might look like, you know, different TVAs with different Kang leaders probably mm-hmm. warring against each other. Like, just, yeah. we'll see, like, different versions of B-15 just, like, ah, just fighting each other in this weird multiverse war um, with, like, each Kang as, like, the king of the TVA, sort of. That'd be really fun. Um but in terms of a Kang Endgame event, the only thing I can really think of is, is Secret Wars. I think mm-hmm. we should we could be getting like that, you know, multiverse crossing yeah. over type deal and Kang trying to to win the the new multiverse war um in through these Secret Wars. So like I feel like the most um logical thing next is um Secret Wars, but what do you think, Eric? I think you're right. I think that is absolutely a title we're working towards. Um, no questioning that. I think, uh, well, first off, I think season two is something that what you described. I think it's going to be like that Rick and Morty episode. I think the season three premiere where it was like the Citadel merges with the uh, the Federation. So you just see mm. these two at odds uh, massive organizations <laughs> that are just like shooting each other in the hallways. It's just going to be nasty and crazy. Um, I hope so. And uh, I think it's going to be another limited series and just like explores Kang as a character, I think. It's going to be showing his history and how he got to where he is. Um, So where do I think we'll see him next? I hope we see Kang before that. I assume that series will happen leading into Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania, which means late 2022, early 2023. But I hope that we get some reference to Kang in Multiverse of Madness or No Way Home. and For like, sure. even if it's just like, who is doing this? It's like, well, there have been some stories about someone named He Who Remains, or he goes by many names, Immortus, Pharaoh Ramatut, you know, something <laughs> like that. Or if it's just as simple as in Spider-Man No Way Home, like we saw in Far From Home that there were new occupants of Avengers Tower. We had right. been suggesting it could have been the Baxter building, the Fantastic Four. Maybe in this case, it really is just Kang Enterprises. And we see Q, E, and G at the top of that tower. And that's how that got there. That Um, would be baller, dude. That would um, be crazy. But I think Kang's endgame event, I think first he could be a villain to the Fantastic Four. Um, in which is a movie that is announced that could come like at the end of 2023 or something like that. We don't have a release date yet for it, or maybe 2024. I can imagine Marvel saying four and 24, you know, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, I think it's going to be that at first, but Marvel has to be careful. They can't use Kang too many times, you know, like, is it, I mean, can they? I mean, well, they, I, I feel well, like they yeah. can. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, variants. it can't be the same version of Kang. It would just have to <laughs> be like right. a variant of him, you know, right, like, right, and right. you can see the different versions of him. Um, mm-hmm. But like, if you make it all Kang, then you deprive yourself of using other Marvel villains. But then again, they do have like 20 different titles coming out. So I don't think they're going to be burning the candle from both ends at all. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a Fantastic Four movie first. And then I think whatever the next Avengers movie is, if it is Secret Wars, great. But if they're doing the 2015 mm-hmm. one that was Doctor Doom who did it, I might prefer prefer to see Dune construct battle world there. But if it is Kang, I won't have too much of a problem with it. Uh, Mm. But there could be just some other kind of Kang crisis. Uh, Age of Kang, 
uh, Kang, <laughs> Reign of Kang. I don't know. Uh, and that's what they, they handle. Because I, yeah, I mean, I don't need to see them blasting through time again, because we kind of saw that in Endgame. But if it is like the Fantastic Four, it would be a bit different. Yeah, I think that like, we're we're likely to see a Kang in a, in a No Way Home type scenario, because like, it, it is going to be sort of multiverse related. I don't know to mm-hmm. what extent. But like, we, we I think we could see Kang becoming like, sort of like the Stan Lee cameo type of person within like different um, multiverses like whenever you pop into a new multiverse like oh what's this version of kang up to it's like oh i'm this i'm this type of person and like i don't know like we might see like a kang like i don't literally like you said like as a ceo in another universe like uh in kang enterprise like i'm just kang and like he maybe that's when he learns that he's um you know this part of a greater group of a council of kangs and like you know uh branches off from there but yeah, yeah we, we could see a king in, in, in No Way Home. I and here's where I'll leave you. We have to start being on the lookout in every MCU title. Uh, not just What If, but starting with like Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, Moon Knight. It wouldn't surprise me if we start seeing little background details that suggest that Kang has already started to manipulate the timeline. Mm. Whether it's just QE and G on the background, or if we see a shot of the Sphinx in Moon Knight where it has its nose still. You know, like just little things where it's like, wait, that's not history as we know it. And then we'll be able to start piecing the clues together and be like, little parts of the MCU in little ways have already started to be manipulated to set up the the Kang dynasty. I hope they say that Kang's responsible for why uh, Rhodey looks like Don Cheadle and not Terry Tyler. <laughs> hey, That'd be hey. fantastic. Uh, uh, yeah, Norton Ruffalo, you know. It's all Kang's doing. He's Absolutely. <laughs> Every plot hole. Well, that is where we will leave you for this episode of Inside Marvel. Again, my breakdown of the finale episode will be on the channel tomorrow, so keep an eye out for that. But MT and I aren't going anywhere. We're going to be back next Wednesday for a Loki postseason rewind. Uh, mm. And then every week, we're going to be here on Wednesdays through August 11th. You know, uh, that's when What If begins, so we'll be doing after shows for that. But between then and now, we'll have, like, more questions, biggest Marvel questions we'll be answering now, especially since we have so many of them uh and then after what if we'll have hawkeye and then miss marvel it never stops i'm just really excited for Haley steinfeld because uh i I just love her as a person yeah me too (laughs) uh don't forget to check out our many great loki merch options at newrockstarsmerch.com follow mt at mastertainment follow me at ea voss follow new rockstars subscribe to inside marvel wherever you get your podcasts thank you for watching and we will close with our favorite moment of the episode gang gang